In our disconnected world right now, it's harder than ever to have a conversation that allows the participants to truly understand each other's perspectives, especially if we're not seeing each other eye to eye. When we come to a real meeting of the minds, it can transform the relationship and the perspective that each brings to the table. So how do we learn to have these transformational conversations? Well, I recommend that you listen to this podcast with Toy B. James about her new book, Talk About It, 12 Steps to Transformational Conversations, Even When You Disagree. Have a listen and stay tuned to the end because you can get a discount on Toy's book from her website, only available to listeners of Mindful Social. Welcome, Toy. I spent so much time with this book that I could go on for about three hours, but we've only got a short time. We've got a little podcast here. So welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me and thank you for reading the book. I really appreciate it. (laughs) A lot of people are going to read this book because we all need it. I mean, really, the title is Talk About It. And that sounds really easy until we start thinking about what it means to talk about it. And that's when we get into trouble, right? It's, we know that there's going to be a conversation and whether that's a conversation about advancement at work or whether your relationship's falling apart or other things like race and equity and advancement in politics and, 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 and there's so many things that we need to talk about. So if we know we're going to have a conversation with someone, and it may or may not be difficult. How can we set ourselves up to start that off in a more productive way? To start it off, um, what I generally ask people to do is think about your own personal intent. If your intent is to debate or to prove yourself right or to make someone small, it's probably not going to be successful. So the intent should always be to understand and connect. So when you go in with that particular thought, you will think of questions to understand and to connect with that person in the whole space, even if you disagree, because your goal then is to, at the end of the conversation, you both understand how each other thinks about the topic or feels about the topic. If you come up with an outcome, that's even better. But really the goal is just always to understand and connect into whole space. So yeah. I love that hold space part because I think that's that's a crucial part of a conversation that we often forget. Yes, absolutely. Um, because we all, the world, the way we experience it is so different. Our lenses are so different and we forget that. People are not going to agree with you. Sometimes not because they just think you're wrong. It's just they honestly see it just differently based on their own personal experiences. So if you go in trying to understand their lens, it makes the conversation easier. So is setting the outcome really the first thing that we do or do we consider who we're having the conversation with first? Oh, always consider who you're talking to because the person in front of you is more important than the actual outcome. How they feel at the end of this should be important to you as well as them, like how you feel. So if you actually set the stage 
by giving them the space to say, hey, I, I would love to talk to you about X, when is a good time? So they're mentally prepared for the conversation so they can go in and try to figure out what they think about it before they just kind of jump in. Because no one wants to just be <laughs> bombarded with, with questions when they're not prepared, right? right? So just making sure that you remember that that's another human being in, in front of you. Yeah, so setting setting yourself up to actually recognize that, right? That you're going to have a conversation with an actual human. Because I, I know I've been in conversations or witnessed conversations where both people came with their own agendas. And it was like, people who are listening, visualize me putting two fists together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like they, they come to the conversation expecting to butt heads. And then they're surprised when that's what they do. Right. Again, that goes back to understanding and connecting. Mm. If you come in, and, I, and the thing is, people generally come in with their own thoughts about whatever the topic is. And that's okay. That is to be expected. But you also have to listen. Because sometimes one statement, if you allow the person to finish, you'll get some level of clarity that you didn't have before. Like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Oh, mm. now I understand why you believe it's like this and I think differently and from there that conversation could just actually turn it into something transformational because one you get a better understanding of who you're talking to you understand their experiences and you're holding space in a way that they're comfortable and they feel heard seen and respected which is what everybody wants right at minimum that's what they want yeah yeah and you know we bring all of this baggage with us to every conversation, don't we? We have the mood we're in, the expectations. I mean, when we're going to have a conversation and we know that it could be challenging in some way, we bring our emotions, we bring our expectations, and a lot of that gets in the way. So I'm wondering how we can set ourselves up to have those conversations, you know, like you said, to, to really put ourselves in the place of, of what this person is, um, is like, I mean, to actually think about that before we have the conversation. Absolutely. And, and sometimes you just don't go in with any preconceived notions. As a professional coach, my job is not to be directive or to tell people anything. They set the agenda, they share. What my job is, is to ask really thought-provoking questions to investigate, to explore is my preferred word. Because really, if you explore, it's just, that's where the magic is. That's where you find things that could really spark an interest, something shared. Even if you come from different sides, there's something shared in the conversation, in the words, in the experiences that you could then, then you'll know exactly what questions to ask next. Right. And it might not be what you thought they were gonna be you might decide to pivot and that's okay. Like, you know, I thought we were gonna talk about this, but it seems like this might be more important for a clearer understanding. Yeah, yeah. And you talk about that a lot in the book, you know, setting yourself up by, gosh, listening. Active listening is always key. And by <laughs> that, it's not saying just, mm -hmm, I hear you while you're forming your own opinions or thoughts while they're talking, it's really just listening. 
and repeating what you hear to make sure you understand what you heard. Because just because I said it doesn't mean that you received it in a way that I intended. Or that it yeah. meant I may use a word that's different than what you thought it meant. Like, wait, when you said X, is this what you meant? This is what I heard. Is this, is this what you're trying to say? It gives the other person the opportunity to say, no, 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 that's not what I meant to say at all. What I meant was why. Yeah, yeah, that's so important because we do put our own interpret interpretation on what people say. And, you know, if we're not playing that back and saying, this is what I think I heard you say, all those misinterpretations build up and we both end up kind of not knowing what the other person is talking about, right? Exactly. Again, and that's, it's a part of just really allowing the person to bring their full selves to the conversation where they could be transparent and candid and honest and authentic because they feel comfortable. Like this person mm -hmm. is going to really ask me what I'm thinking and really try to understand what I'm saying, as opposed to hearing me just defy your back a question or a response. Right, right. So let's talk about that. You know, if, if we are walking into a conversation, maybe it's something as conversations often are, it's something that's unexpected. We just kind of walk in and it's like, bammo, we're in this conversation now. <laughs> How can we kind of get ourselves a little grounded and be a little more present to actually have a productive conversation without, um, you know, just having kind of a half baked conversation. Like my brain is going right now going, what were you going to say? Where were you going? So <laughs> we all have those moments. And we do. Caught off guard. And it kind of depends on the circumstance. If there is a way that you could say, hey, if this is this is a great conversation. I'm not quite prepared to have it right now. Can we schedule some time to have it um, to give my to give me just the chance to really think this through? That's an option to ask for another time to schedule it. But if there is a way, if you can't be really honest and transparent, like, oh, I wasn't really expecting to have this right now. Can we can we take it a little bit more slowly mm. so I can mm. really understand? Um, what it is you need from me in this moment. Yeah, that's so important. And you know, it, we're often so uncomfortable about doing those kind of things and having those conversations where, you know, we're on we're caught off guard that we don't want to go, okay, can we can we just table this for a minute or even can we just take a breath and really be here? Exactly. Can can we go? I know we're standing and we're kind of in a rush, can we go have a, a seat somewhere else privately so we can really have this conversation in the way in which it deserves? Um, because it seems like it's really important to you. Yeah. Um, and that's really important. One, um, when someone knows that you're important to them, they're more likely to be honest and they're more likely to be candid and they're more likely to listen to you. So if you show them that you care, saying, you know, this seems like it's really important to you and I really wanna have this conversation, but let's do it in a way that is productive. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that because that's something that, you know, I think and one of the things in the in the book was that I that really caught me is how many times have I picked up the phone and somebody just came at me 
with this is what I think you did, or this is what I think happened, or this is what I think's going on. And they're like going off and you were like off in happy land. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes that's harder on the phone than it is when they walk up to you at your desk um, to go, hey, whoa, let's, let's just take a breath and decide if we're gonna have this conversation now. So if you're caught in that situation, um, how can you kind of tell them, you know, just slow down a little bit because some of us really need to process our thoughts before we can have that conversation. You know, and they're throwing all this data at us and we're like, whoa, wait a minute. And actually be very transparent. Everything you just said, share. Um, mm. This seems really important to you. Um, so let's take a minute. Let me, let me kind of gather myself because I wasn't prepared, but I know this is important to you and I really want to have this conversation. And so you just, all you did right there was a reset because you made them more important than the topic. Yeah. And then that puts them, puts their egos going, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm in charge. Cool. (laughs) That you're willing to listen, but you just need a moment. So you've already, you've, you've really said what you needed. And hopefully they're receptive to that because you showed that you cared. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So what if we're having a conversation with a group of people and we have a lot of different types of people. They may be different races. They may have different politics. They may have different backgrounds or different mindsets. How can we prepare for a group conversation that we're going to perhaps lead going into that conversation what can we do to get ourselves ready to deal with a lot of different uh perspectives Uh, that's a great question so one again reframe your thinking to to understand and connect and to really hold space and when i say hold space it really is to allow people to bring their full selves to the conversations by recognizing that everyone's different being fully transparent remembering your why. Why are you here? Why are we here talking about this? Mm-hmm. What, is, what is the goal? What is the potential outcome? Is everyone open to pivoting if the conversation shifts to something that we were not here to talk about? How do you manage that? And kind of think through those things. And if you hear something that is outright negative or something that makes everyone uncomfortable, you can address it then very kindly, like, you know, I, I can, you know, just by saying, you know, I, I can appreciate your opinion, but let's recognize everyone in this room. Mm. Mm. And depending on the type of conversation, without making someone feel as if they're about to get beat up, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, so you can just say, you know, can we table this one? Because this is, and this is why. Or two, are you open to hearing feedback? about the statement you just made. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and in some cases that's gonna be no. <laughs> right. And the thing is what they'll do is not continue to make that statement mm-hmm. at minimum. And, but the thing is you have to recognize everyone in that space and you have to hold space for everyone, which is not an easy thing to do always, but you can recognize the various opinions and some things you could just kind of put to the side. Like, that's a great idea. That's a great point. It's kind of off topic. What we can do is, can we table this until the end of the meeting 
to further discuss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my my friend Kathy Colts Guest is a um, improv comedian, and she really is a proponent of yes and mm -hmm. instead of yes but. It's you know the whole concept of yeah, and we also have this to consider, and we also have this these factors to consider. Um, and I think that gives us a way to still be, still let that person feel part of the conversation rather than, you know, it's often will go, hey, that was totally inappropriate. Well, that's going to set them off for the rest of the conversation. Yeah. I and mean, again, it depends on just how egregious the, the comment was. Sometimes I have to say that, um, but it just depends. I've not personally been in a position where I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to say. <laughs> wow, good for you. That I feel, again, I will say that in a very different way. Like, you know what, that's an interesting way of thinking. I don't necessarily agree with you, which you care to, you know, just to give us a little more detail, tell us a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. Again, it just kind of depends. It's hard in this scenario to give you very specific responses. Right. But what I will re remind everyone at the beginning of any meeting, I hate to say the word ground rules because it sounds so formal, but really you could just set the stage and say, hey, we're all here together. This is the ultimate goal of this conversation. If we mm -hmm. veer off, what we'll do is table it and just say that at the very top. Yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, there is creating a safe space and you know having those ground rules of, we are not here to judge each other. And you know that that's not really the purpose of this particular meeting. Maybe it is sometimes, maybe it isn't. But you know, having some kind of ground rules about it being a safe space and a place where, yeah, there may be some uncomfortable things going on, and we're going to have to get used to having uncomfortable conversations and not running away from them. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think defining you know what the outcome is supposed to be and keep coming back to that. You know, when we started this meeting, um, these are the goals that we had and how does what you're saying right now really address that? And then asking those questions. Exactly. Like I said, it's really, the questions are so important because the exploration is so important. And that is, that's really what leads to the exploration. It's just when someone says something and you really wanna understand you know what line of questioning that you should have. It just, the questions will come as opposed to statements, right? So it's not like, I can't believe you said that. Mm -hmm. That will stop the conversation. That's an yeah. interesting perspective. Let's explore that some more. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting way to look at it as um, we're going to approach this asking questions instead of making statements. And that creates a deeper conversation. Um, sometimes we want to shortcut things because we're just like, okay, I got another meeting in 10 minutes. Let's just bang through this and not even listen or ask those questions to investigate. And we all kind of walk away wondering why we sat in another meeting. Right. And so for, for certainly in, in the business setting, what I generally do when I send out a meeting invite if I want people to come in prepared, I will tell them what the meeting's for. I will give them a couple of questions to think through before the meeting. 
And if there is a desired outcome, even if it's just like, this is the purpose is really just to brainstorm. Or at the end of this, we really want to have three steps toward this goal with a deadline attached to each. And so everyone has the same amount of information, but they mm -hmm. don't walk in blind because some people like myself are processors. It takes them a minute to process what they're hearing. And it allows everyone to have equal footing in a conversation. Yeah, and I, I know some people who are verbal processors. You know, they really have to say everything back to really get it into their head of, of how things are. And, and we just have to be open to allowing people that space. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So doing, like I said, setting the stage beforehand helps in both those scenarios for the person who is quietly processing in their mind as, as well as those who speak like have questions like I, I saw the email but I wasn't really sure about x mm -hmm. and this way you don't have to really they don't have to think that through with a lot of words during the meeting because they've already <laughs> determined beforehand like I don't understand this I'm, I'm going to make sure I ask yeah yeah and, and we've always sorry go ahead no and it gives everyone the opportunity to speak yes and that's another important one is is Shutting up and not interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> and it's perfect. But it's really, I mean, it's it's so common for us to be thinking about what we're going to say next rather than listening. And I think something that you make really clear in the book, and I was kind of intrigued by, uh, I think it was basically if there is silence for four seconds, you can start to itch. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm definitely one of those people that just, I have to fill that in. It's different when I'm coaching, but when I'm having a conversation, it's, it's more challenging to just sit there and listen without necessarily processing, to just listen and then allow the questions to come. And, we, and you're not alone. <laughs> clearly none of all sometimes are in those moments where it's just like wait oh oh okay but some, it, but that silence allows people to just formulate their own thoughts and again when they continue depends on whatever the question that you asked if you allow them time to understand what the question is and how you know give them time to process that so much more information comes out yeah so and also when we're in a position where we don't necessarily understand the position of the other person and whatever, wherever that's coming from, you know, if it's an issue of talking to someone who comes from a totally different culture than you or someone from a different race, um, I think then we need to be even more conscious of leaving that window open to just listen and let them fully process um or fully actually finish a sentence absolutely um in some cases i would say one of the examples that i gave is one of i don't know if it was in the book or not but it's what i generally tell people about like really listening and watching body language i was in a meeting with one of my former managers and he was telling me about a project he wanted me to work on and apparently I made a face that I generally look up when I'm thinking because I have to kind of see it. And I saw mm -hmm. his body language shift. 
And so I asked if I could, you know, interrupt him just for a second. I was like, I, I noticed your body language shifts. I just need you to, if it's about my expression, it has nothing to do with you. I'm literally just processing information. There was no judgment in any of my body language. And I wanted to be, I wanted us to be clear about that. So as he continued to tell me what it is he needed, he understood what I was doing. As opposed mm-hmm. to being defensive himself saying, I just need this done. Because it, it immediately relaxed him. And he was like, oh my God, I thought you thought I was stupid or something. I was like, no, <laughs> not at all. I just really, because it, it, I wanted to make sure as you were speaking that I saw it. And if any immediate questions came up, I would be able to ask before I started the project. But understanding each other's communication styles is incredibly helpful. And sometimes you have to be very forthcoming about that before you even talk. Like, just so you know, this is, if, if I say, uh-huh, doesn't it say me, I'm agreeing, I'm acknowledging. Mm. Yeah, or I heard you. Uh-huh, it's not that I'm disagreeing, I'm just acknowledging and I'm processing. Mm-hmm. So it's really about self-exploration as well. What is your communication style? How do you receive and process information? How does that impact the person you're speaking to? And those are things we have to ask ourselves. Yeah, especially when you're working with a team that, you know, you're trying to develop closeness with a team, perhaps, or a group that, you know, you're working with. Um, Knowing how each other communicates is really important and something we often overlook. And it's critical. Yeah. It's so funny you said that because I, too, I I look up and to the left most of the time when I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And you know, it seems like I've left the room. Janet has left the building. <laughs> but it's really, it's it's like you have to get distance. I mean, sometimes I tell people that you know, if you're if you're having a conversation and this person has just triggered you with something, that you can still be looking at them, but look past them and find something else to focus on, so that you can manage your trigger. Um, you know, before it goes off. Um, There's lots of techniques to that. Um, But let's say that, you know, we've had a really open conversation and someone has shared something that maybe you agree with, maybe you don't agree with. Um, Giving them a little bit of credit, showing a little empathy and compassion for their position without you know, saying, yes, I absolutely agree with you. Um, how, can, how can we express that for people? Acknowledging that you heard them. Um, mm. So just simply saying, you know what, thank you so much for your candor. I know that could not have been easy to admit um, in this particular setting. So thank you so much for your candor. And if you have an additional question, like, you know, I just want to understand a little bit more. Mm. Or this because I think differently than you, or we have similar thinking, but I'm really curious to know how you came to think X. Mm. Instead of, wow, where did that come from, dude? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it, we encounter those conversations a lot too. And I, I think that is uh, what we'll often have, I'm looking up and to the left for the audience. Uh, <laughs> I think what happens a lot in conversations is when we do get triggered like that, and whether it's you know a really big trigger or a small trigger, 
we tend to immediately run off to our safe spaces rather than have those those conversations or wow i just that really challenges me i I'd, I'd like to know more about why you're where that comes from and and without i'm not doing this very well how do we how do we come back to somebody and go wow i don't know where that came from but i can't agree with you and we don't want to set them on the defensive because that derails everything um Again, you have to be honest. One to make sure, let me just clarify, some conversations you have to, as long as you feel safe, there mm -hmm. is some information about gaslighting and what that feels like and how to remove yourself from situations like that. If the situation is not like that, and it's really just, I disagree with what you're saying, saying something like, you know what, I see this a little, I see this differently than you do. Mm -hmm. so it's not just about disagreeing just to be the fact that you just disagree, it's really about acknowledging like, we think differently. Let's explore that. Mm. That takes a lot of brave people to, to get into that conversation sometimes because it, it can be um, derailing for the, the person who's feeling triggered and also for the other person. True, and I will say, you ask the right questions um, because the point is to explore. If your goal is to understand and connect, you're always exploring. And in those questions, the person you're speaking to who thinks differently than you or you could have an epiphany to be like, you know what? I never really considered my why or mm -hmm. where I got my information from. Like this is just something that we always said in my household. So how is that serving you? Mm. So it's just, again, the more you explore, the better your questions will become because you become more and more curious about the why and how. Yeah, I think we don't put enough um, weight on that curiosity. You know, a lot of times we're just trying to get through the day and, you know, Zoom call number 96. And so we rush through things and we don't have good conversations. And then we have to come back to them over and over and over again until it works out. Yes. And again, it's just really understanding who you are, what you think about whatever the topic is or project, what you bring. Um, so when you hear things that are similar or different, you already kind of know like, huh, I, I did consider this and this is what I was thinking about that. What are your thoughts? Mm -hmm. when Something so, you say in the book, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. It's, it's, the thing is the role yeah. of being exchanged. So no one's talking a lot. Again, there is time for that and you will recognize that in a conversation if it's something super sensitive and you really wanna be there for that person. So it becomes less a conversation than more just understanding. It depends on what that person needs. Again, you're talking to a human being. And if you remember that first, it puts things in perspective. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Something you said in the book that I thought was really good was the more sensitive the topic, the more facts and not emotions matter. Yes. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes. So. When you're thinking about religion or politics um, or race, 
and someone says something that is just not right, <laughs> for lack of a <laughs> saying that, um, that's when you just start saying, so what, what are your resources? Um, so where did you get this information from? And not to necessarily challenge them, but to really understand their, their thought process, right? So, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to think of an example right now. And I would say with regards to race relations, well, you know, most black people are in jail and they're mostly on welfare. And I was like, well, if you know that only 13 to 14% of the population is African-American and there are systems in place to make those two things possible. And with regards to incarceration, with regards to um, social service programs, we can't possibly have the highest rate. Mm-hmm. And it's really this percentage compared to this percentage. What are your thoughts after hearing that? Yeah, that's where the transformation happens, right? So it's really awakening. Yes. And so you just, you start to discuss information and facts as opposed to how you feel about a certain group of people or whether it's politics or race or gender or whatever. Um, and it's not to necessarily put anyone off guard, like, oh my God, I can't believe you would say that to me. And it's just because it's not personal. What I just shared with you are just simply the facts. And now I'm asking, what are your thoughts? Does that change your mind about it? And if it doesn't, let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, that that last part in particular. Okay. So how do you how do you feel about that, knowing that these are facts? Um, is a great way to take it away from the emotion and wow, you just really insulted me, my family, my heritage, everything, Um, (laughs) you know, to these are just, this is data. And it's data. And so it's it's my emotions and my thoughts about what you just said, which is if it's proven to be incorrect, this is the actual data. How willing are you to really investigate your own thoughts and resources? Mm-hmm. And if they say no? Um, if I say, so what are your thoughts about that? Well, that doesn't change my mind. Okay. Mm. So what would? What, mm. what other information would you like to discuss? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, so you don't run away screaming. <laughs> they have a lens of their own and my goal is because it to understand and connect this to really understand their their thought process like where where are you getting your information from why do you think this why is holding on to this thinking although it is incorrect so important to you so let's talk about those things yeah yeah and that can go for any kind of conversation not necessarily the the really big conversations. It can just be like, why do you think that the walls are green? Why do you think that what your statement is is important or maybe more important than my position? And then we have to shut up and listen. Right. And again, you may not at the end agree and that is Mm -hmm. okay. And that is the one thing I put in a chapter. I was like, that could be a whole chapter, just that one sentence. (laughs) You will always yeah. disagree with someone. You really will. 
we have done it for centuries. Right. That's okay. But guess what? That's also how we evolve. Because differences of opinion and how we do things, people come up with better ways in that space. When you think about business innovation, it's usually because of people with different talents, different mindsets, different thoughts come together and hash things out. So you know what? We can do this better. Yeah. Well, and we can't all stay in our happy little bubble. It, it just, I don't think you get anything accomplished if you're not open to differing opinions, different ways of doing things. You end up just staying in kind of in a gray area all the time, which would be incredibly boring. If, at least for people like me, which is like, like travel, like I love to travel because I like to experience different cultures and I go there and I'm very respectful of where, like in Dubai, I would be fully covered. Um, in Mexico, I would generally try to learn enough Mex uh, Spanish to be dangerous, although my last trip, I was not very good um, at all. <laughs> I, I want to be respectful because my goal there is to really learn and kind of just dig deep into the culture of itself. Yeah. It's not to be so American that I'm American, so it's, I, don't, I could do what I want. No, I'm not there to just be me. I'm there to learn and absorb and try different things and foods and culture. So yes, it's a matter of being incredibly, incredibly open-minded and understanding that everything is not, is not, does not really revolve around you. And nor should it, because the world would be incredibly boring if it happened. Yeah, it would be. And, you know, I mean, you'd miss so much richness. Yes. And, you know, whether that's when you're traveling or having a conversation, I mean, there's always something to learn if we just shut up long enough and ask the right questions. And I think, you know, that's the biggest thing that I take away from your book is, geez, Janet, you need to shut up and ask more questions. <laughs> Because again, the lens of individuals just differs so much um, from person to person, regardless of race, sexual orientation, gender. It's just, it just so different. Our experiences are what really shapes us. Mm. And the magic is in understanding those experiences. I love stories. My friends, it's like, so what happened? But I love stories, watch movies, theater, all of that. So my asking questions is, is a part of someone telling me their story. Mm -hmm. And as you bring up, it's about exchanging ideas, mm -hmm. you know, that if we just bring our idea and wait for everybody else to shut up so we can share our idea, then, you know, we're not having a conversation. Right. And sometimes if you listen long enough, you'd be like, you know what, my idea, that idea is way better than mine. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like, oh my God, why did you think of that? That's amazing. Yeah. And so, and it's, and because I'm not tied to my idea. I just have one that I wanted to contribute, mm -hmm. but I'm not attached to it. Yeah. It's okay so, to pivot. It's always okay to pivot. Cause that, I mean, that's part of why you're having the conversation in the first place, right? Is to understand other ideas and see if you can add that to your own way of thinking or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So how do we wrap up a conversation? I mean, if we've had, let's just keep it as a work conversation in this case. Um, what steps do we need to take to close a conversation effectively? 
Um, if, if you're asking specifically for work, it depends on what the outcome is, right? Mm -hmm. It depends on what your ultimate goal was. If your ultimate goal was like, we're going to set these three steps to make sure we reach X goal, then okay, so this is you kind of su summarize what you talked about to make sure everyone's on the same page. Or if you miss something, somebody can say, hey, what a, I think we talked about this too. You can also add that. Like, thank you so much. Yes. So everyone leaves the meeting thinking the same thing, understanding the same information, and then let them know what the call to action is. Mm -hmm. Who's going to do what? Um, what is the deadline? And I'm going to schedule a meeting around this, on this date or during this week or around this time for follow-up, just so we can all check in. So yeah. managing expectations. Yeah, and, and also kind of acknowledging the conversation too, I think, you know, just letting people know that, yeah, we were all here. And does anybody, does anybody else have anything that they want to add or carry forward so that it is um, a full conversation? Mm -hmm. So you just wrap that up with a nice little bow. Um, <laughs> again, it's because you're managing expectations. You did what you said you were going to do before the meeting. Like, this is the reason why we're having it. These are the things you should think about. These are, these are the things we want to leave with this meeting. And so you're setting the stage for the next meeting mm -hmm. um, with everyone fully aware of what's expected. And if people have questions, just leave room for that. Um, certainly before the meeting ends, but also for those people who are either introverts or who process information differently, if you have questions after this meeting, please reach out to me. Mm. because again you're holding space for everyone in the room and they are different they communicate differently they listen and understand and process differently so this way everyone still has time and space to do what they need to do to get the job done yeah yeah that's so important but especially to come back to me if you need to part of it you know because a lot of people are going to going to walk away going oh yeah this came up that came up discussing it afterwards and then coming back with maybe a totally different agenda mm -hmm. for the next meeting yeah mm. exactly. so, yeah well i <laughs> i i really appreciated um going through the book and really realizing where i'm falling down in my conversations and you know some of the things that I need to work on. And uh, I really think people are gonna love the book. So I'd love for you to tell people how they can find you and uh, how they can learn more about the book. Uh, thank you so much. Um, again, the book is sold around the world um, okay. and you can actually go to Red Ink and that's Red, R-E-D, Ink. I-N-K, Enterprises, all one word, dot com, which is my business address. Um, and there's a page dedicated to the book. So you can just click a link and it'll take you to where the book is sold. And of course, as you know, I am a certified coach as well as a diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging consultant. And you can learn more about what I do on my website. Mm, I can be contacted at contact at readinkenterprises.com if anyone has any very specific questions or would like to contact me directly. Great. And I think you were you had an offer about the book that you wanted. Yes. To there will be a discount code 
that will be available on your website, of course, for all of the listeners to get $4.99 off the book when they order from bookbaby.com. Oh, that's great. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I'm sure the, the listeners will too. And really people get the book because um, there's a lot to learn in there. And, and uh, I'm going to start processing a little bit better myself. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, it's always a, a learning process for everyone, including myself. I always have to practice <laughs> what I preach. <laughs> We're all a work in progress, aren't we? Yes, absolutely. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Mindful Social. It's been so great to see the subscriptions growing and the feedback has really helped me make the show even better. So if you know somebody who needs to be on the show, email me at Janet at JanetFouts.com and please send me feedback there too or post a review on the podcast platform you're listening on. Oh, and do me a favor, share this show on social media or with a friend. Thank you.